Hello, everybody. It's my great honor and pleasure to send you my very best wishes for the South Asia Women's Summit, the South Asia Union Summit led by Ishii, uh, for women to join together to use feminine intelligence to foster all the moves that need to be taken for a union in South Asia and something very dear to my heart. So congratulations on all the organization and I'm wishing you, and I wish I could be with you, um, but since uh, feminine intelligence is the issue that is key to what you're doing, that's what I wanted to talk about. And um, nowadays everyone's heard of emotional intelligence, first identified and researched by Daniel Goleman, and he highlighted the importance of emotional intelligence and how it has supplanted uh, the IQ tests as the marker of real success in work and leadership. Um, and now it's making itself known. And this is something I find that is identified often as feminine intention, intelligence and feminine energy. Um, but quite often, since this is coming from the grassroots to achieve a new balance with more linear policies attempting to cope with the tactical and technical realities of the crises we face. Because it's a subtle energy, it's beneath the radar and what many people term the mother energy. And it's not easily quantifiable. It's not loud, it's not forceful, it's not overbearing. And it draws power from healing and creating harmony. And example of it would be the poised, calm conduct of many female prime ministers during the first pandemic. So um, I think this uh, feminine intelligence, sometimes called right brain intelligence, is obviously available to men as it is to women. And there's a growing uh, recognition from all quarters that it's the linear reasoning of the left brain which is not adequate to help with the complexity of today's globalized world. So a desire for rebalancing is finally gaining ground and feminine intelligence is now emerging as providing the necessary qualities for a world that is networked, complex, uncertain, and volatile. And this wisdom includes empathy, compassion, collaboration, deep listening skills, the use of intuition, inclusivity, caring for the planet that sustains us, and replacing the notion of power over with power with. Ah, what a huge and wonderful challenge for all of us. Um, we noticed, and we have noticed all through the pandemic, that um, women have been uh, able to supply the, the calmness, the 
um, endurance, really, the courage to take us um, through the most enormous challenges. And I know that in South Asia, you have felt these challenges far more than we have. And I think of you daily. Um, and it's a very, very important step for women to show their leadership. Um, we know that, for example, when women are engaged in peace negotiations, there's a 35% increase of an agreement lasting at least 15 years longer. And why is that? Well, it's because you often find that uh, peace negotiations are led by competence, former leaders of competence from both sides. And what they're interested in is power, territory, money, resources. Whereas when women come to the table, the negotiating table, what they bring is the condition of the victims of war, the children who've been uh, orphaned, the, those who are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, those who've witnessed horror, those who need help with um, burying their dead. These are the concerns that women bring to the table. And when they're attended to in the peace agreement, that agreement naturally lasts longer. So I'm um, wanting to bring to your notice the cycle of violence that uh, many of you know only too well, um, and how the intervention of women is important in this cycle of violence. Uh, I'll send a diagram that I hope Erika will be able to show you, but it indicates how when an atrocity happens, a, a, a terrible incident of violence, the result of it is shock, fear, and then grief. And then if nothing is done, grief turns into anger. And if nothing is done, anger turns into bitterness, revenge, retaliation, and the cycle of violence goes round again. And when both women and men access and express their feminine intelligence, what many people call the right brain intelligence fully, a healthy balance can be restored in our workplaces, in public governments, and as I said, in the negotiation and the reconciliation that's needed after violence. And decisions are going to be made based on data and intuition. And our interactions, when it's more of a yin-yang balance, will be enlivened by both competition and compassion. And even in our workplaces, there'll be more discernment, more inclusivity. Listening will become valued as much as speaking or even ranting in the decision-making spaces. And people will come to understand the fundamental 
interdependence of all genders. And this needs to be applied in business, the law, politics, the media, in the arts as well. All will be better for the rebalancing impact of feminine intelligence. Um, I know that all of us have experienced recently watching the crisis in Afghanistan, what happens when uh, feminine intelligence is not employed, when planning is not properly carried out, when the chaos that results from that very long war is um, exacerbated by such a sharp and sudden pull out. The tragedy and the terrifying confusion that was witnessed as the American troops pulled out and the airport was closed brought particularly for Afghan women the, um, the fears that they had long nurtured that if the Taliban took power, they would be hunted down, they would be punished and suffer, in many cases, a terrible fate. So our hearts and minds are with them uh, in these days uh, uh, when we see whether the Taliban will fulfill their promises to give women back their rightful role, which they had gained in Afghanistan. So let's just move, if we can, to how you might build this skill of feminine intelligence. So this skill puts a spotlight on the skill of using your intuition. The biggest mistakes I've made in my life have been when I overrode my intuition, relying instead on my logical brain. So the secret is to notice what's going on inside you, seeing where your internal decision-making is taking place. So when you have to make a decision or take a course of action, pause before you jump. Let your senses calm down. Give your linear brain, your left brain a break and look inside where you probably have what we commonly call a hunch. Listen carefully to that hunch. Your hunch may situate itself in your gut, as in, I have a gut feeling, or in your heart. Breathe slowly and allow this hunch a bit of space. Let it flower. And if you have that gut feeling that what you want to do is quite right for the situation, allow yourself to express it. It may come out haltingly to yourself or to another person, but don't feel self-conscious because some of the world's greatest physics problems were solved by people who started with a hunch. And this may be your personal moment of eureka, honor it. The age we're living through desperately needs people 
with these skills. And any one of us can develop them. But in order to do that, we have to wake up. And wake up, waking up means more than mindfulness and meditation, although that is incredibly important. It means staying highly aware of what's happening in the moment so that our mind, our brain isn't distracted by how am I doing? Do I look good? Do I sound good? Which we all, including me, distracted by. But actually being able to sink right into the body and be conscious of what's happening to all of those around you. And all the aspects of feminine intelligence are set out in, in the chapter of a book I've just written, but I'd like to just run through them now, if I may. And those aspects are, first of all, compassion. Um, and compassion is when we have um, empathy, but we put it into action. In other words, if we see somebody who's really in trouble, homeless, on the street, um, we feel immediately uh, a, a sort of a, a, an empathy for them. But when we don't just walk past, but we go and fetch some hot soup for them or something nourishing, talk with them, uh, and, and that is compassion in action because we do something because of what we feel. Um, another of the great aspects of uh, feminine intelligence is collaboration. Uh, to feel that you can, particularly in the instance of your conference, that you can find ways to collaborate, to work together, to combine your skills on whatever plans you set out to make. And that may mean crossing some barriers of communication, uh, prejudice, uh, all the things that have been set in motion over centuries to divide us. Collaboration and cooperation are the key skills we're going to need to use now as women. And as women, we, um, we need to take our inspiration from uh, the ancient deities, the ancient goddesses that are so alive in, uh, well, in, in my experience, when I've been in India or Pakistan, um, I've so welcomed the um, awareness of the feminine from long ago. Um, and actually, I'll tell you a story about what happened to me when I moved into my house. Um, I was just unpacking and out of an empty cupboard rolled a scroll and it showed this picture, which I'll hold up to you. And I hope that you can see it. Maybe if I turn it a little bit to avoid the light. Um, let me just switch off the light for a moment and you can maybe see it more, more clearly. And it is a picture of the Chinese goddess Kuan Yin, and she's the goddess of compassion. And she is riding in her poise and elegance on the back of a great dragon, a great red dragon, thrashing through a 
terrible storm in the ocean. And it shows how calm she is and how she can hold uh, the, the vial or bottle of compassion, which she's pouring into the ocean and actually into the dragon's mouth. And to me, when I got to understand this picture, it took me ages, uh, it's the balance of feminine and masculine working together because the red dragon in Chinese mythology stands for power and forcefulness and getting things done. So here we have the wisdom of the goddess holding a willow of healing and pouring compassion uh, so that her collaboration with the masculine works perfectly for them to find their way through the storm. And I was mesmerized by this picture and um, it stayed with me. I have a big enlargement of it on my wall um, and it stayed with me all the way through all the, uh, all the different work that I've been doing on <clears throat> the prevention of armed violence and violent conflict. So I simply wanted to um, bring to you just these few reflections on how important it is, particularly now, for us women to stand together, to stand tall, and to support each other, to get way beyond what women are often accused of, namely being envious or jealous of each other, to get way beyond that and really exercise our hearts as to how we can support each other. Because what you are undertaking in your endeavors on a South Asian Union summit led by women is to show the way that female leadership can actually break through many of the log jams that have prevented male leaders coming to agreement in the past. I wish I could be there with you. I send you my warmest possible congratulations for getting this meeting organized and my warmest wishes for your success. I can't wait to hear from Etka how it goes and what you manage to agree and plan. And please know, please note that there are hundreds, thousands of women from all parts of the world who support you, who send you love, and who send you every possible um, capacity that you can unearth to reach agreement, to make plans that will last, and to set out how you're going to achieve those plans. So, with my very warmest greetings to you, thank you for doing what you're doing. Goodbye.